Welcome to Gateway Church Cymru, a church where anyone can be transformed by the story of Jesus. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. ...in God's presence together. And this morning we're going to continue the series that we've been going through on a Sunday morning called Hope Overflowing. And, and the main scripture for this series is found in Romans chapter 15 and verse 13. And it says this, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. If you want the sermons notes this morning, you can visit our website, gatewaychurchcumry.co.uk forward slash sermon notes. And you can download the sermon notes right now for this message. You can even add your own notes to this. But we're going to continue in this series today, Hope Overflowing. And this series has come from the Lord, laying this word on my heart there. It's a real battle that I believe we are going through, the people in this church are going through at this moment. It's not a physical battle. It's a battle against Satan, against the principalities and powers of darkness. And it's a battle for our hope. It's not for our faith, it's not for our joy or our peace. It's a battle for, a hope, for our hope. And we've seen in this series that hope is that confident expectation and desire that something good is going to happen in the future. That's what true biblical hope is. A confident expectation. It's not like the hope of this world, which is maybe something good will happen, or, you know, I hope something will, fingers crossed. It's not that. Biblical hope is a hope that has a confidence and assurance, knowing that my God has got a plan and a future for my life, that He's going to come through, that there is a better day ahead. And so in this series, we've looked at the foundation of our hope, which is the grace of God. The only reason we have this hope is because of God's grace and His mercy. We don't deserve it, but it is all because of the grace of God. Of God, We have been saved by grace, called by grace, sanctified by grace. We've been able to receive this message of Jesus all because of the grace of God. We've seen also that the only thing that can keep our hope alive is the Word of God. If you want to keep your hope burning alive and on fire, then it is the Word of God that keeps our hope alive. Nothing else but the Word of God. And then last week we began looking at, uh, we began looking at the content of our hope. What exactly is our hope in? Who are we hoping in? What are we hoping for? And last week we saw that our hope is the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. That Jesus is coming again. We believe that as a church. Jesus is coming again for his people. For those who belong to him. We're going to be with our Savior again. And this morning we're going to continue looking at that. The content of our hope. We're going to look at what we are hoping for. And the second answer, today's answer, is found in Romans chapter 18, if you've got a Bible. Romans chapter 18, and we're going to read verse 18 to 25 together. It is up on the screen behind me. If you can understand the font, then you can go ahead and follow along with that. If not, find somebody close by who's got a Bible. If not, if not, just listen. But Romans chapter 8, verse 18 to 25. And this is where we find another reason for our hope, another source of our hope. It says, Romans 8, verse 18 to 25, it says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay 
and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been grown in as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we eagerly await, as we, e as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we are saved. But hope that is seen, that is, seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not have, we wait for it patiently. So according to this passage of scripture, according to the Apostle Paul who was writing to the church in Rome, to the believers in Rome at that time, what is our hope? What exactly are we hoping for as believers in Jesus, as followers of Jesus? What are we hoping for? Well, we read in verse 23, it says this, We ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we await for the adoption as sons, the redemption of our body. What are we hoping for according to the Apostle Paul? Our hope is the redemption of our bodies. So it's not only the second coming, our hope is the second coming of Jesus, but when we see Him, when we're called by Him, when He comes again and, and we're raptured and taken up with Him, we, it will be the redemption of our bodies. In other words, what does that mean? What does redemption of our bodies mean? It, means other, it basically means this, that our bodies, our physical bodies, will be saved from sin, from pain, from sufferings of this world, and it will be made new. It will be made new because of Jesus. You know, the first thing that Paul says in this paragraph is that whatever suffering or pain or frustration or hurt or disappointment that we might have as believers, uh, that, that we're enduring right now in this moment of time, that will see nothing compared with the glory that we will experience when Jesus comes again. No matter how hard it is right now for you, no matter the physical pains and the aches and, and the, the things that go on in our life, all the suffering, all the difficulties, all the disappointments, all this will seem like nothing when our bodies are made new, when we meet with our Saviour and our Lord. You know, if, if the Apostle Paul, you know, if we didn't know about the difficulties in this and the sufferings of the Apostle Paul, we might think that Paul is actually just giving a bit of cheap talk here. He's trying to encourage Christians, you know, saying that, you know, all the things, all the hardships that you're going through right now, is not going to be anything compared to that day when our bodies made new. You know, if we didn't know about the Apostle Paul and his life and the difficulties he faced, then we think, yeah, actually, Paul, you're just talking nonsense. You just, you know, this is just empty talk, Paul. You've got nothing to back this up. But actually, the Bible tells us of the sufferings that Paul faced. We know the Apostle Paul, he faced incredible difficulties for his faith in Jesus Christ. He, he endured incredible suffering for his faith and belief in Jesus Christ. It says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 25 to 28. This is Paul's own words about the difficulties that he endured in this world. He says this, three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I've been constantly on the move. I've been in dangers from rivers, in danger from bandits, in dangers from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in, in, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. 
I have laboured and toiled, and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst, and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. You know, it doesn't take much imagination to know what incredible, tremendous toil and toll this kind of suffering and difficulties this must have taken on Paul. He went through all these different things. Anybody ever faced anything like that? Anybody been beaten with rods three times or thrown, had stones thrown at you or, or been shipwrecked or gone without food or had no hope or no place to stay? Anybody ever gone through anything like that? Face persecution constantly from people because of your, your belief and faith in Jesus? Anybody ever suffered anything like that? No. You know, this is incredible suffering that Paul faced because it was simply because of his faith in Jesus. This was the suffering he faced. You know, we can imagine, can't we, the physical toil that must have taken on his body. You know, the, the scars he must have had. You know, the burn, the beatings, the bruising. You know, he must have been absolute, his physical body must have been an absolute picture to see. You know, it must have been wrecked, totally wrecked. And you know, we, are, we hear an echo of his misery when he says this. He says this in another place. He says, our outer nature is wasting away. Paul is saying, our, our body, my physical body, is wasting away. Not only because I'm getting older and older, but because of all the difficulties and the, the persecution that I'm facing. That word there, wasting away, is kind of like rust that, that eats away a metal, or, or moss that eats through, clo- uh, that eats through cloth. Paul is saying that our, our nature is wasting away, our physical bodies are wasting away. Anybody's body wasting away this morning? Yeah, <laughs> some of us feel it more than others, don't we? You know, even, even as a young guy, you know, sometimes I feel that. You know, I went to the gym a few weeks ago for the first time in about three years. I don't think I'm ever going to go back again. I thought rigor mortis had set in. I couldn't move for about three days. I was aching. I was in terrible pain. You know, we feel it, don't we? Our bodies are wasting away. Day by day, they waste away. Put on top of that, the pressures and the difficulties of this world, it takes an incredible toll on our bodies. But you know, it's in this very context here where Paul is describing all these difficulties, he makes the same point as he makes back in our text in Romans chapter 8. He says this, he says, even despite all this difficulty, despite all these physical beatings and all this that's taking toll on my body, he says, I consider that our present sufferings are nothing, are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. Basically what he's saying is, I can endure this. I can, I can deal with this even though I've been beaten and whipped and, and all these different things and had stones and rocks thrown at me and nearly killed and beaten. I can deal with it because I know I have this hope that's coming. I have this hope that's coming and that hope is that one day my body's going to be made new. So even though I'm suffering right now, even though I'm going through this right now, I've got to hope that when my Saviour comes, I can be made new. There's going to be the redemption of my body. And he says this glory is beyond all comparison. It's like nothing that we're ever going to be able to experience or know on this earth. It's going to be absolutely incredible. So this morning, I want us to, to consider this one aspect of our hope. Jesus is coming again. We're going to be with him. But not only are we going to be made with him, but this body is going to be made new. It's going to be made new in and through our God. Our bodies are going to be redeemed. What does that mean? 
There's not going to be any more struggle with sin or temptation or, or, or any of that. There's not going to be any more pain within our, within our lives. There's not going to be any more groaning. I can't wait for that day. Anybody else excited for that? No more pain, no more suffering, no more groaning, no more battling against sin. I can't wait for that day. You know, when I, when I began to meditate on this aspect of our hope as Christians, that one day our bodies are going to be redeemed, I actually began to see that there's a, a trap we can fall into as Christians. You know, if we set our hope on our own redeemed bodies that will be free from suffering, free from pain, free from disabilities, free from groaning, do we run the risk of making ourselves the centre of our hope? You know, when we begin to think, yeah, one day this is going to be all gone, do we actually look to ourselves and say, this is, my hope is that one day all this is gone, this is going to be my hope. Are we actually in danger of exalting physical comfort as the centre of our hope when God should be the centre of our hope? You know, it's a subtle danger, but it's something that we can fall into that actually, that, you know, we've got this hope one day our bodies are going to be made new. Actually, we can put our hope just in that, that one day all this pain is gone. And we can actually start to stray away from the fact that our hope is actually in our God. Our hope, and this is going to happen because of our God. You know, this danger is a very real danger. You know, there are many people who embrace Christianity, many people who surrender their lives to Jesus, simply because they're afraid of the physical pain of hell. They're afraid of what might come in the future. And they want the physical comforts of, he of heaven. Some people just accept Jesus because they just want to get in. Not because of Jesus, not because of the love for him and what he's done for them. They just want to get in and they want to avoid all the suffering. And they don't want to go into a lost eternity. They don't have a heart for God. You know, these people, some of these people, they think that if, if God wasn't in heaven, it wouldn't matter. It'd be alright. As long as I'm there and I escape all this physical pain and all this suffering and I, I'm not in hell, as long as I'm not there, it doesn't matter if God's not there. That, it doesn't matter as long as I'm away from, uh, from all of that. And the trap and the danger is, is that God is not the centre of their hope. Jesus is not the centre of their hope. The reason we have this hope is not because we're escaping all this. It's because of our God. Our hope is in our Saviour. And these people, they deceive themselves. The enemy will deceive them. Because they, and they will never enter into the kingdom of God. So then, should we hope for a re redeemed body as believers? Should we hope for that? That one day we will be made new? That one day we will, all this pain and suffering will be gone? Can we, as believers, have that hope of a redeemed body and, and still be God-centered? You know, because that's what I want. I want to have that hope that one day I'm going to be made new, but also remain God-centered, that my hope is because of Jesus and my hope is in Him. Can we have that? Can we actually have that balance? Well, the answer is found in Romans 8.23, where Paul says that, Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. What is Paul basically saying? Paul is basically teaching us to hope for the redemption of our bodies. He's saying, yeah, it's okay. It's okay to hope for that. It's okay to hope that one day that arthritis will be gone. 
It's okay to hope for one day that there's not going to be any more hurt. It's all right. It's all right to hope for that, that one day all the struggle's going to be gone. It's all right to hope for the, that that disease will be gone one day. It's okay to hope for that one day you'll be out of that wheelchair. It's okay that one day, it's all right that one day you want to hear and, and see like you did when you were 20 years old or when you were 15 years old. It's okay to want all of that. It's okay to want to be strong and energetic again and have that life and that, that fervency and that passion again. It's okay to have that. It's okay that you don't want any more wrinkles or blemishes. It's okay. That's fine. We can hope in that. We can hope. And Paul is teaching the believers that he's saying, our hope is in God. But it's okay to also hope for a redeemed body as well. We can hope for that to have our bodies made new. And he says this is the promise of, of a redeemed body. He says that the promise of a redeemed body is that glory is going to replace glory. These struggles, these mourns, these pains and aches, glory is going to replace it all. And this promise, it has three parts to it. He says, these are the three parts of this promise. Number one, all pain and disease and deformity and disability will all be gone. That is the first, that's the first promise of this hope is that all this is going to be gone. Number two, all sin, which often takes, uh, takes the body for its base operations, it will be gone. All sin will be gone from our lives. They'll be eradicated. Jesus paid the price once and for all on the cross. We know this battle that we have, these struggles that we have, that'll all be gone. That'll all be gone when we are made new with Him. And you know the reason for all of that is because our bodies will be made new and glorious in and through our God. And so Paul is saying here, he's telling us that we should hope. We should hope for the second coming of Jesus. We should hope for Him. But we should also hope for that redeemed body as well, for the redemption of our bodies. It's okay. That you want your body to be made new. We should hope for that. We should look forward to that day. But yeah, even though I'm going through some difficulties right now, even though I'm struggling in my health and, and all these things, even though I'm struggling with these battles, I've got a hope that one day I can be made new. That all this suffering, all this pain is going to be gone. I'll be made new because of my God. He says there, in this hope, we are saved. We're saved in and through this hope. And so let us wait for this with patience you know some of us we can moan we can grumble we can you know keep grumbling but that's not going to get us anyway Paul encourages us here to keep being patient even though you're going through it right now it's going to be made new one day don't moan don't grumble look forward to that hope you know so often even as church you know we pray for, pray for people who were ill and sick and you know we believe in them a standard and the God will heal but then 10 minutes later, they're at the back of the church grumbling and moaning and complaining again. You know, we should believe that our God is able to heal. But also as believers, we shouldn't be moaning and grumbling, even though it is difficult and struggling, because we have a hope. If you are here this morning and you're struggling and, and it's getting too much, I want to encourage you, lift up your eyes to see the hope you have. This is only temporary. This body is only temporary. One day it's going to be made new with the inner through our God. We can have this hope this morning. We can hope for a redeemed body and we can remain God-centered. You know, when I, was a, when I was a child, I had a hard time getting excited about heaven. Anybody else have a hard time getting excited about heaven when you were a kid? You know, I, I'm sure that was largely my fault, but, but the reason because of that, I was because it seemed like 
heaven meant that I would leave this world, that I'd leave all the excitement and all the things in this world, and I'd have to enter into this drab world of boredom. That's what I used to think as a, as a child, that, you know, it's not going to be any fun, there's no, you know, all these different things, it's not going to be, you know, heaven's going to be a bit boring. I used to think like that as a child, and it's probably because I didn't know God, obviously, and I, I was, you know, young, uh, and I didn't love Jesus enough to, to want to be with Him at any cost, but... You know, as I've grown older and as I began to read the Bible more and more, the Bible teaches us some incredible things about heaven. You know, so often we get so comfortable here on earth, even as believers, we get comfortable here that this is our home, this is where everything is. But there's an even more glorious place that we're going to be one day. An even more glorious place. This isn't our home. We are just passing through this place. Heaven is our home. Eternity is our home. Uh, you know, as I began to read the Bible, you know, the Bible began to explain, it begins to explain it, clearly explains the hope that we have and what heaven will look like. You know, God's purpose, His final purpose for us is not for us to, is not for us to have our soul or our spirit just floating around without the body, you know, somewhere in like a ghost-like mansion up in the clouds. That's not what God's hope is. The Bible teaches us that His purpose is to raise our bodies from the dead and to make them new, beautiful and healthy and to be with him. His final purpose is to not just to take us away from this earth and to spend eternity in heaven, but the Bible tells us that he's going to make a new heaven and he's going to make a new earth. We're not just going to be taken away somewhere up in the clouds. He's going to make this world new. You know, even in Romans just then as we've read, it says that this world is groaning. There's so much pain and suffering. There's earthquakes, famines, tornado, all these different things going on in this, this world. It all, it's all pointing to the fact that this world is going to be made new one day again. He's going to make it new. There's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. And all who have accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior, not those who have been good and lived good lives, the Bible says that the only way that we can be with our God, the only way for eternal life is by believing in Jesus, His death and resurrection and asking Him to come into our lives and be our Lord and Savior. And the Bible tells us that there will be a new heaven, there will be a new earth, He's going to make it all new, and that all of us who have accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior, and also those who have died, who are believers and accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior, all of us together will be made new, we will be called with our God and we will live in His presence forever and ever. You know, for us as believers, you know, that's why we have a hope for, you know, even in funerals, you know, we see people who've lost loved ones and it hurts, we grieve, we suffer. But as believers, we have a hope and that hope is that one day we will be with them again. As it says in 1 Thessalonians 4, we will be with them again, they'll be caught up. And the dead in Christ will rise first and then we who are alive will be caught up in the air with Him. We will be with our Lord and Saviour. One day, our old bodies, these bodies, are going to be made new because of the resurrection of our Saviour. He died and He rose again. He is the first to be alive, to rise again and we are going to be risen with Him. And there's going to be, a new, this old earth is going to be gone and a new world will come. It says it like this in Romans, uh, Revelation chapter 21. Revelation 21 verse 1 to 8. This is John's revelation. And he says this, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, 
the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. Listen to this. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. The old order of things have passed away. He who is seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water without any cost from the spring of the water of life. Those who are victorious will inherit all of this and I will be their God and they will be my children. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters and all liars, they will be consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. One day, it's all going to be made new. And we who've accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior, our bodies will be made new. And we will be made new. There will be a new heaven and a new earth. And we will be with our Savior forever and ever. That's the hope we have. This life is temporary. Heaven is eternal. I know which one I want to get my life ready for here on earth. Let's spend this time here on earth getting our life ready for eternity. Because it's there that's going to matter. We're going to be there for all of eternity. This life is temporary. This life is short. It can be taken in a moment. But it's what will happen. Where are we going after this life? What's going to happen to you after this life? You know, if we believe in Jesus and we accept Him, we have this hope that one day we're going to be made new and we're going to be with Him for all of eternity. So as I come to a conclusion this morning, I want to encourage you with this. I've read this book, this Bible, and at the very end, it tells me that we win. As believers, we win. And even in death, we win. If we believe in Jesus, we win. You know, Paul says, oh, death, where is your sting? Death is in the end. For us who believe, we have the hope of eternal life. And those who don't believe in Jesus, there will be eternity of suffering and torment in a place that's so far removed from God's presence, a place called hell, where all those who don't believe in Jesus will spend all of eternity. And it is a real place. And that's why we as believers, we've got a hope. But we as believers here today, we need to go out and share this message of Jesus so that all those who, all those who don't know Jesus can have this hope as well. We're not called to stay in these four walls. We're called to carry this message that one day we will be there for all of eternity. So I want to encourage you this morning. It's all going to be made new. What you're going through, these sufferings, these difficulties, it's temporary. It's all going to be made new. And I want to encourage you, don't lose hope. Don't lose hope. I want to conclude with this encouragement that was written to believers who were suffering from, for, uh, for, their faith, uh, for their faith and, and they felt like running away from Jesus. They felt like turning their back on the faith. This is what the writer of Hebrews says, even as Paul has brought it around the table. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 32 to 39. I'm going to end with this. It says, 
Remember those early days after you had received the light. When you endured in a great conflict full of suffering. Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution. At other times you stood side by side with those who were so treated. You suffered along with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property. Because you knew that you yourselves had better and lasting possessions. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere. So that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what He has promised. Endure, you will receive what, you have, what He has promised. For in just a little while, He who is coming will come and not delay. And but my, by my righteousness, one will live by faith. And I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. But we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed. But to those who have faith and are saved. I want to encourage you this morning as we come to conclusion. No matter what you're going through right now, keep doing it. Because the promise is coming. But one day, we will be with our Savior. His body is going to be made and we're going to be with Him for all of eternity. And do it. And I love how he says that. The writer of Hebrews says at the end. We don't belong to those who shrink back or give up on our faith just because of difficulties or struggles. But we are the ones who are doing that to be our very end because of the hope that we have because of Jesus. Thanks again for listening to this podcast. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. For more content from Gateway and to connect with us, go to gatewaychurchcumry.co.uk. Have a great day.